The following program is brought to you by Speak the Word Ministries. Your words, your voice will become either a blessing or a curse to you. Why do you think they call them curse words? So if you want to be able to start getting some of the things that you want, believe in what you say. Speak the Word. Welcome to Speak the Word with author, Bible teacher, and evangelist, Pastor Joanne Ramsey. Speak the Word Ministries is called to train up God's children to be soldiers of Jesus Christ. Speak the Word. Speak the Word. God's Word. Speak, speak, speak God's Word. We invite you to visit us online at speakthewordministry.net. That's speakthewordministry.net. And now, here's Pastor Joe with a message titled, God is Bigger Than Your Box. Speak the Word. God said in His Word, He said, all I have is yours, all that is mine is yours. Hallelujah. What a statement, saints. What a statement. As a matter of fact, I'm going to repeat that. All I have is yours, He said. All that is mine is yours. That's awesome. He is saying that you have access to everything I have. The Lord is even saying that He gives Him good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I'm sure most of you are familiar with that scripture. In Luke 12, 32, he says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Saints, that's exactly what God continues to tell us in His Word every day. It is my desire to show you through the written Word of God and with the help of the Holy Spirit just how much He loves you. I am just a mouthpiece. I'm just a vessel. I could not stand up here and do this on my own. And most of you in here, some know me and some don't, but the ones that really know me know that I'm not capable of doing what I do all the time. But the Holy Spirit will use anything and anybody. All he's looking for is a willing vessel. He's not looking for one that has all the gifts and the talents. He can provide you with everything that you need. Every gift and every talent I have, the Lord has provided me with it. He gave it to me, but I did not know it until he began to pull them out of me. But I believe that he gifts you and gives you the ability to do what he calls you to do. You just have to step forth. And some days it's harder for me to step forth than it is for me to step forth in other days. You know, because I'm just as human as anybody else. And the enemy attacks me just as much, maybe sometimes more than others. Because he don't want the word to get out. But the word is going to get out today. And it's going to be a good word. And I believe this word is going to bless you. The title to my message today is God is bigger than your box. In other words, God is bigger than your situation. No matter what you're going through this morning, you, sometimes we put God in a box and, and we, we, we limit him by putting him in a box. And we feel that, you know, he can handle this kind of like the Israelites did in Isaiah. They say, you know, he can do this, but he can't do that. So the Bible says that they limited the Holy One of Israel. So we limit God all the time by, by putting him in a little box and not allowing him to come out. But he is bigger than any situation and he can handle any problem or any situations you might be experiencing today. In Luke 15, 31, the Lord gives us this parable of the lost son who also is known as the prodigal son. I'd like to begin reading in verse 31, which is the last verse. This is where the father is talking to his son that was feeling angry and jealous of his younger brother and also feeling like that he should have gotten a lot more than his brother because unlike his brother, he had not run off somewhere and he had not abandoned his work and he had not abandoned his father, but he had stayed home, he said, and he had worked hard. So he felt like 
that he had not gotten any recognition or credit for all of his hard work. And I'm sure that a lot of you listening have felt that very same way yourself, that you have worked hard, you have given it all you've got, but yet you feel like you've got no recognition and you've got no credit for the work that you're doing. If the work that you're doing is for the God Almighty, you are being recognized and you are being acknowledged for the work that you're doing. As a matter of fact, he says it doesn't matter what the public eye sees. He says the blessings they give you has nothing to do to compare to the blessings that I'm going to give you. You know, and that's why he tells us what we do to do in secret. We do what we do in secret for him, and then he rewards us in public. And I'd much rather have the blessings of God than to have the praises of man. And that most people do what they do to get the praise of the man. But God is saying, my rewards are so much greater than what his is. And it says here, and his father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. Think about that for a second. He said, you're always with me. Each one of you, he is saying, I am always with you. The Bible says, I will never leave you. He says, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So when the times are good, when the times are bad and when you don't feel like it, he's still there. He sees everything. He hears everything. He knows everything. Let me repeat that, for he's talking to you too. He says that you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. That's a big statement. And that's in the Bible. I believe what's in the Bible. If the Bible says all he has is mine, then it's mine. It's like when David and I got married. All that was mine was mine, and all of his is mine. Can you wise relate? <laughs> but it's true. When David and I got married, we shared what, what we had. We shared. As a matter of fact, even before we got married, he began to share with me things. And, and so as a husband and wife, we become one, and so we share. But as we become a born-again Christian, the child of God, we become one with him. So what everything belongs to him belongs to us. And so... Some people may not realize it, just like in some marriages, maybe they don't have that same understanding, but that's the way it should be. But with God, that's always the way it is. Hallelujah. Please turn with me to Luke 15, 11, and we're going to read this parable of the lost son. This scripture, I believe, is an example of the grace of God, the mercy of God, and our Father's great ability to forgive us. And I think this is awesome. Not only does he have the great ability to forgive us and then turn right around and forget what we did, Wow, think about that. Saints, how far does God remove our sins from us? According to Psalms 103.12, it says he has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. That is an immeasurable distance because east and west will never meet. Selah. Selah only means just something. Think about that. David used that a lot in the book of Psalms because he would make these statements and he would say, Selah. In other words, he, you need to stop there and read that again and meditate on that and think about it. And that's what he's saying. When he says he has removed them as far as the east is from the west, they're never going to meet, never coming back. In other words, it says that he sweeps away our transgressions according to Isaiah forty-three twenty-five, And saying sometimes our unconfessed sins will hang over us like a dark cloud. I know I've had things to hang over me like a dark cloud. And I'm sure that some of you in here have too. But you know, the good thing is that God has promised to sweep them away like the rising sun burns away the morning mist. Thank you, Jesus. That's so awesome. You know, people can't do that. Sweep away our sins, that is. But our loving Father can. And He does that every day over and over again. 
praise His holy name. You know, in Micah seven eighteen, ask, Who is a God like you? God not only erases our sin debt, but He destroys the document on which our debt was recorded by nailing it to the cross. Think about that. In Galatians 2.14 in the Berean Bible, it says, Having canceled the debt ascribed to us in the decrees that stood against us, he said he took it away, nailing it to the cross. Hallelujah. You know, that is some shouting. He said in 4.15, And having disarmed the principalities and authorities, that he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. In other words, he says he's disarmed his powers. He's disarmed his principalities. I'm just reading them. I'm reading the scriptures, but don't let the meaning escape you. He's saying, I have disarmed the powers. I've disarmed the authorities that he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So the, through the blood of Jesus, he has disarmed the powers and the principalities against you. And as a child, born again, child of God, you have the, he's given you the power because in Luke 10, 19, he says, I've given you the power and the authority to trample upon the scorpions and upon the snakes and no harm shall come near you. As a matter of fact, he said, don't even boast in the fact that these spirits are subject to you. He says, but boast in the fact that your name is listed in the Lamb's book of life. So our names are listed in the Lamb's book of life and we have this authority and that's not even something that he thinks we ought to even boast about. It's something that we ought to take for granted. That we have been given this power and this authority. We are forgiven because of the cross of Jesus. I believe that the parable about the prodigal son is a good example, as I said before, of just how loving and gracious our Father is and how forgiven He is. In Luke fifteen eleven, Jesus says, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So the father divided his property between the two sons. Not long after that, it says that the younger son got together all that he had. He gathered it all up, and he set off for a distant country. And there it says he squandered all of his wealth on wild living. Maybe he went to Las Vegas or someplace. I don't know. But he squandered it. In some translations, his brother implied he had squandered it on prostitutes and, and whatever. Maybe he was gambling and everything. But he squandered everything that he had on wild living. After he had spent everything, he said there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. You know, a lot of people won't think, don't think much about that. But most of you know that pigs were considered unclean by the Jews. As a matter of fact, the Jew was not even allowed to touch a pig. So it says that when he took the job feeding the pigs, it revealed that he had fallen as low as he could possibly go. When he as a Jew was out feeding the pigs, something he shouldn't even be near, he'd fallen pretty low. Sometimes, though, we have to hit rock bottom, saints, before we come to our senses and recognize that we've messed up. But thank God he's just waiting for us to return. I thank God all the time for saving me. I thank him for rescuing me. I thank him for forgiving me and, I, and giving me a new heart. I thank God that he's given me a new heart and that heart is after him. Saints, unlike people, he never reminds me of any of my mess-ups. You know, people are really famous for reminding you of every mistake that you've ever made. And, you know, even if they have to write them down, they can recall. Most of them don't have to write them down. You know, they can recall them from year after year after year. Everything you said, every word you said, everything, everything that you did, they're quick to remind you. But unlike people, God never reminds you of any mess-up, but continues to encourage you. 
as I said, he continues, when you ask for forgiveness, he puts them as far from you as the east is from the west. He cast them into the sea, never to remember them no more. Not because he can't. He has the ability to remember, but he chooses not to. And I love that. Romans 8, 1, so now, therefore he said, there is no condemnation who belongs to Christ Jesus. No condemnation, no condemning. A lot of people think God is the one that's condemning them, but God is not the one that's condemning you. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. The Bible tells you very clearly in Revelations that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. God is not accusing you. He says, now therefore there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So if you belong to Christ Jesus, then there's no condemnation. And it says, it goes on to say that the son longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And verse 17 says, when he finally came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. You know, the son recognizes his foolishness and he decides to return to his father and ask for forgiveness and mercy. Brothers and sisters, I have repented many times for trying to do things on my own, as I'm sure many of you have repented a lot for the same reason, of trying to do things on your own. I, I believe that most of the time that we're not all really aware that we're, what we're, that we're trying to do it on our own. I, in other words, I don't think that you're aware that you're trying to do it on your own. Most of us think that our trust is in God. When we're doing these things, a lot of people feel like they're being led by God to do it. But they need to take the lead out of the pocket. <laughs> God is not always leading you. People have to use that excuse for everything, you know. You don't have to have a spiritual word behind everything you say. If it's something good to do, then he's leading you. You don't even have to say, I'm feeling led. Like I said, some of us need to get the lead out of our pockets. <laughs> Saints, we need to recognize that our Father is anxiously waiting to help us, and all that we have to do is ask. Regardless of our need, it could be we need this morning, it could be that we need healing in our bodies, it could be that we're experiencing a financial difficulty, whatever that might be, the Lord is waiting for you. How many of you in here today are struggling with your finances or your sickness in your bodies or struggling with some of the same issues, not recognizing that it's God's desire to give you everything, that it's not His desire and it's not God's plan for you to suffer. As a matter of fact, it, contradict, it contradicts the Word of God because in Jeremiah 29, it very clearly states, and you need to start reading the Bible and know what the Bible says because He says in 29 that He knows the thoughts that He's having about you. They are good thoughts to do you good and not harm you, but to give you hope and a future and an expected end in some translations. But that's His plans for you. And it says in verse 18, Then the son said, Well, I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. Let me pause a minute here and say that you are not a servant anymore, saints. He does not see you as a servant either. John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not understand what his master is doing. But I called you friends, because everything I have learned from my Father, I have made it known to you. And isn't that what he told his disciples when his disciples asked him, Jesus, why are you teaching in parables? He taught them in parables, but then he would go and explain it to them. He tells us everything. He doesn't hold back anything from us. You are a child of the king with the benefits of a king's child. Are you hearing me? 
And King Jesus has made you worthy. He made you worthy through his blood. He has moved you saints from a position of beggars to one of kings and priests. I might say that there's still a lot of people in the kingdom that are beggars, begging and pleading with God. But I will let you know that according to the scriptures that God is not moved by begging. He's not moved by pleading. He's not moved by your tears when you're begging and pleading. He's only moved by your faith in Him and His Word. And He honors His Word. He doesn't honor the other. But the Lord says that He feels your pain. But it's not His fault if we're not getting it right. But when we get it right, then He moves right in. Do you notice that? First Peter 2, 9 says that we are a royal priesthood. And Revelations 1, 6 says that Christ has made us kings and priests unto God. Praise the Lord. You are a valued person in God's sight. You are the apple of His eye. You are a worthy person. You're no longer a slave, nor are you a servant. God says in Romans 8, 15, He says, For the spirit which you have received is not a spirit of slavery, to put you once more in bondage to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship, which we cry, Abba, Father. Abba means Daddy. Daddy, Daddy. Saints, we have been given everything. Your value, think about this, the value of something, your value is determined by the price someone paid. You know, so when they set the prices for the new cars or new homes, they set it at a price, they value at a price that they think the people would pay. You can't set it above what you think somebody's going to pay for it because they aren't going to buy it. But your value is determined by the price someone would pay to have you, brothers and sisters. And God paid for you with the blood of His Son. He sacrificed His Son and the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the price that He paid according to 1 Corinthians 6.20. This is the truth that I need to emphasize. He himself, talking about God himself, have made us. He tells us in 1 Peter 2, 9, that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, God's own purchased people. And he also tells us that we have been given exclusive, and I'm sure you know what exclusive means, fellowship with him. It is a faith-inspiring fellowship, and he doesn't use the words like I may or I might. God uses words like, I will bless you, I will multiply you, I will heal you, and I will prosper you. These are the words he used. Saints, you need to think about that for a minute. Let those words just sink in. Do you remember in 2 Samuel 7, verse 12, this, this is where, when, where God was making promises to David. He told David, he said, I will set up your seed. He was talking about Solomon. He told David, he said, I will set up your seed. I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom. There was no I mights, and there was no I maybes in those words, saints. There was no uncertainty in the promise that he made for David, and neither is there any uncertainty in the promises that he has made for us. And David said in verse 19 that this was a little thing in the eyes of God. In other words, setting up his throne was considered a little thing. Think about that. Do you sometimes find yourself making your problem bigger than God? Do you sometimes glorify the problem in a situation and make it bigger than God? I think we're all guilty. I am too. You know, just being a preacher don't make you perfect. 
we're still learning. When King Solomon was praying his prayer of dedication for the temple, he reminded God of his promise. Solomon said, You have kept what you promised your servant David, my father. He said, You have spoken with your mouth, and you fulfilled it with your hands. In in 2 Chronicles 15. Hallelujah. Saints, you have to get a new mindset. You have to read God's word, and you have to find out how he feels about you and begin speaking his word over yourself. You know, I teach, this is a little different than what I normally teach, and I have been doing that a lot lately, but it still comes right back to speaking God's word. You have to speak what God, you have to come into agreement with the word of God and speak what God says about you. You have to take his word and you have to apply it to that situation, no matter what is, if it's health in your body, if it's finances, death in your family, whatever it is, you, there is a word there that will take care of that, whatever that situation is. You are going to be amazed, brothers and sisters, when you learn what your father really thinks about you. And the only way that you're ever going to really learn what God thinks about you, your father thinks about you, is when you get in and read the word. Because his word, you know, it's not, you know, people said the Bible, it, it contains the word of God. It does not contain the word of God. It is the word. It is God. It doesn't contain it. It is. The word, that is his word. The word says, and Luke 15, that while he was still a long way off talking about the prodigal son, that his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He said he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. Kissed here means Lamai in the Hebrew, which it means that he kissed him over and over and over again when he ran to him. In other words, his father embraced him and kissed him over and over again. It's like if you somebody you haven't seen in a long time and you go and you greet them and you, you don't think anything about it. You just throw your arms around them and you start kissing and kissing and kissing because you're so excited. You're so happy to see them. You know, I think you know, just hug them and just kiss them and kiss them and kiss them. And that's what he was doing. He just embraced him and he was kissing him over and over again. And that's what God did. He continues you. He doesn't remind us of our mess ups, but he just continues to shower us with love and shower us with blessings and and encourages us. Speak the word to your body. Speak the word to your mind. Speak the word to every circumstance that mountain can't stand. This has been Speak the Word, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Joanne Ramsey. We're glad you've joined us for today's message. Speak the Word is made possible by support from listeners like you. If you'd like to hear more from Speak the Word, visit us online at speakthewordministry.net. There, you can also learn more about Pastor Joe, purchase audio CDs or DVDs, and watch and listen to other radio messages from Pastor Joe. Again, just go to speakthewordministry.net. Pastor Joe will be right back with a closing word. But first, we're excited to tell you about Pastor Joe's new book. It's titled, God, Are You Listening? I Need Help. During this unsettling and fearful time, do you need God's help perhaps like never before? In this new book, Pastor Joe will help you develop a prayer life that delights the heart of God and moves him to act on your behalf. If today's events have you in fear and worry, this is the perfect book for you. God, Are You Listening? I Need Help. The new book from Pastor Joanne Ramsey. If you'd like a copy, just ask for it when you include a donation to Speak the Word Ministries of just $10 or more. Write to us at Speak the Word Ministries, P.O. Box 9175, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23450. Again, that's P.O. Box 9175, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23450.
Our telephone number is toll-free, 855-505-2297. Pastor Joe and her team also welcomes your emails, and we'd be happy to pray for you. Our email address is speakthewordministry at cox.net. That's speakthewordministry at cox.net. And now, here again is Pastor Joe. Father, I thank you that according to your word, you're always with us and all you have is ours and that you have given us access to everything that you have. Thank you, Jesus. And you said that it gives you good pleasure to give us the kingdom. What an awesome God we serve. Help us to see that you are anxiously awaiting to help us regardless of whatever our need is. You, Lord, are right there waiting to help us. I pray, Lord, with your help, that we will recognize it's your desire to give us everything. And it pleases you when we seek you for the things that we need instead of trying to do things on our own. Thank you for always showering us with your kindness and with your forgiveness. What an awesome Father we have and what an awesome Father we serve. Every blessing that we could possibly ever need or desire, you have already given to us and you have made provisions for us even before we had the need. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to get a revelation of this and receive what you have already prearranged for us and know that everything that you have is ours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. From Pastor Joe and all of us at Speak the Word Ministries, we're glad you've joined us today. Once again, thanks for listening. Join us next time on Speak the Word. Speak the Word to every circumstance that mountain can't stand against the word, the word of God, against the word.